brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 17 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and you can go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate to donate if you are so inclined. And you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and that would be greatly appreciated. I'm Gerard Detroyo here with Paul Vosch. Paul, how are you doing? Uh, doing fine. It's, we're back a little bit quicker than we normally are. It's, we actually realized that right after we went off the air last week with our episode, where we actually counted up how many N1 shows there would be in between... Uh, basically, if we had recorded next week instead of this week, and we realized we would have had to cover like a boatload of all Japan shows and six in one shows, and we we're like, that's going to be absolutely miserable. Let's just do like weekly until the N1 is over, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, there's a lot coming up as we'll talk about. Uh, and then we've got like Peter Pan coming up, which we're going to review next week too. So it just made a lot of sense to go weekly, at least for this month, until uh, I think things will probably slow down again in like mid-September and stuff like that. So we have a lot to get into. So let's start with All Japan. Uh, on the last episode, we only got to the first uh, show of the Royal Road Tournament. So we go to, back to, it feels so long ago after all the shows <laughs> I've watched this weekend. It was only five days ago. 
August 11th at Nagoya International Conference Hall with 417 fans. And the first match of that show was Shotaro Ashino defeating Dan Tamara uh, in 10 minutes and 5 seconds with the ankle lock in the first round of the Royal Road Tournament. I thought this was actually a pretty good match, all things considered. I really, like, Tamara and Ashino have really weird chemistry, and they always seem to deliver. Yeah, but I will also say, whenever I see Ashino versus Tamara, that I'm thinking maybe Dan actually could go up to heavyweight. Because he's not that much smaller than Ashino. Like, they're kind of the same height, and they're kind of similar build-wise as well. So, wondering maybe, because to me, Dan most of the time is like someone that will stay in the junior division, but... In this match, I was thinking maybe there is actually potential for him to move up to heavyweight. Uh, yeah, I think so. I could see Dan, like I don't think he'd get very far, but I could see him like as half of like a world tag team champion, maybe. Yeah, no. But then again, in the junior division, like he can be champion and everything, and he can be kind of like a power junior with his build and everything. So. Yeah. I, well, I mean, look what happened last time someone wanted to move up to heavyweight from the junior division so look i mean his drum is going well he's opening like a second location i think so <laughs> you know <laughs> well we'll see if iwamoto comes back in a couple of months because he'll be back by january if he's coming back basically. i mean he's technically still on the contract so <laughs> yes he is uh so yeah so that was a good first little match we go to number two and what i guess was somewhat of an upset takawa mori defeated ryuki honda in six minutes and 48 seconds with the axe bomber um, this was a lot of fun too, you know, like Omori, you know, he's shown his age and everything, but he decides, he decided to turn it up here and he worked really well with Honda, I thought, because they're just sort of like two, you know, larger guys that just hit each other real hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember coming on here last week and being like, well, I'm sure Omori will have no problems pushing, putting Honda over. And then <laughs> he hits the ax bomb and pins him in six minutes. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, it was a really good match or a really fun match rather, uh, just kind of a quick sprint and yeah as i said these two kind of match up really really well and omori can still go when he wants to or rather if he kind of take he takes it easy normally so that he can actually turn it up for matches like this like when he's actually like given something that he can sink his teeth into yeah uh, do you think that there was a specific reason that they kept honda and nomura apart <sighs> i could see maybe i don't know it might also be that they just wanted him out of the tournament quickly. I, I'm not quite sure why. If, to me, there isn't really a reason to keep those two apart. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe thought... they want to save the match as like a singles match, but I don't know. Still kind of a weird decision. Like, I don't think it really matters. Like, I don't think it matters which of these two would face no more in the next round. Like I think either would have, either are fine, and I right. think it would have been a nice pickup for Honda to pick a to pin a former Triple Crown champion. Well, I mean he's pinned Omori before. True. And and he's gotten a few wins, so I don't think it, it's it, this doesn't hurt Honda by any. No, it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. No, no, no. Yeah. And then from there we had a couple of tag matches of Voodoo Murders six man that actually had a finish, you know. But it was like Ryo Inoue getting pinned by Kono after a running knee. It was whatever. Uh, Jake Lee, Yuma Aoyagi, and Atsuki Aoyagi defeated Kento, Miyahara, Rising Hayato, and Oji Shiba in 14-20 with Firebird Splash from Atsuki on Hayato. That was a good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, like They had a couple of like uh, six-mans with 
basically the, these sort of teams throughout the tour, and they've always delivered. Then we go to the PWF World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Tiger Mask defeated Hokuto Omori in 12 minutes and 54 seconds with a reverse double armbar for his third defense of the title. This was uh, not that good. No. It was just... It wasn't bad, but it was just kind of there. The last couple of minutes sort of picked up, but like, I'm sick of Tiger Mask. Yeah, no, it's like I can't wait for this rain to be over. Like, there was some potential there for some fun matchups, obviously, because it was like all fresh matchups, but like, it also doesn't really feel like Tiger Mask gives a shit, to be honest. Like, it's just really feels like he's just going through the motions whenever he's on one of these shows. Um,. Yeah, we'll get to someone else I want to talk about. But I, you know, he does just look like the eight years have caught up to him, too. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, and I think also he didn't have good chemistry with Amori either. No, like, that didn't no. help either. Like I said, I I mean, you didn't like the match with Dan. I actually liked the match with Dan so, because I felt thought those two had pretty good chemistry. But, like, I definitely have not Like, it definitely wasn't a disaster, but I have nothing really good to say about this match. Like I barely, I thought, rem- given how much I watched actually just for the show, like I barely even remember anything that happened in this match. To be honest, no, there wasn't much you to remember. I still think the Tiger Mask's best match in all Japan was against Sato when he won the title. Yeah, no, that that is definitely still the best match. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're gonna talk about like who challenged afterwards, but I actually think that has the potential to be his actual best match of the run. Is like when he loses it. The, yeah, that happened after the smash, the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so well, it was Atsuki Aoyagi, which I think we were all sort of expecting. And um, that's definitely probably happening at Budokan because Tiger Mask is going to Mexico. Yeah. He'll be on a CMML, CMLL show this weekend, so he can't be at the um, Royal Road Tournament Finals. So that's got to be Do you at. think he's going to have the title with him in Mexico? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean... I'll, you know, like Kento's worked for Ultimo, and I don't know in in Mexico, and I don't know what Ultimo and CMLL's relationship is because Ultimo has been in um, AAA this year, so I I don't I don't really know. I'm I'm guessing not. What I will definitely say though is that I'm happy to be proven wrong, because again, one thing it really wasn't my best episode last uh, last week, I guess, for predictions. Because I was like, oh, this clearly means that Black Tiger and Tiger Mask is going to be the Budokan match. And then it was proven wrong like two days later. <laughs> well, at least, you know, I mean, it's good to be wrong in this case, I suppose. Oh, no, I'm very, like, I actually wrote that in the Discord. I'm incredibly happy to be proven wrong here. This is, this is exactly what they should be doing. And I'm happy that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, so... In before good... Tiger Mask beats <laughs> Atsuki at Budokan. I'll, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, this Tiger Mask... This is like the just the pure like we need a new Japan guy brain booking because you had a whole story. If you had yeah. kept the mat the title on Sato this whole time, that would have been one of the longer junior t- junior title reigns in quite some time. Yeah, he's an established name. He's been in the company yeah. for years, yeah. and Asuki finally beating him. But no, they wanted to go with okay. uh, some fifty year old wash up. I wrestler. mean, I guess. Tiger Mask is kind of a name in all Japan history, but again, in terms of all Japan history for Tiger Mask, it's like 
well known for being a terrible gimmick for Mitsuharu Misawa that he got so sick of that he literally unmasked live on the show. <laughs> so I don't know if that's really the memory or the, if that's really like the 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 history that of the promotion that you want to remember. I mean, it was a big moment though. So yeah, but this Terry Bass not taking off his mask like that. So. No, I don't think that will happen. And, I, <laughs> and even if he does, I have doubts that it will have the same effect. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, to the Royal Road Tournament, another round one match. Cyrus defeated Shuji Ishikawa in 11 minutes and 30 seconds with the Moonsault, which is something I suspected he was going to pull out. You know what? I I like this match. Yeah. It was just the two big guys uh, hitting each other. Now, I it was got, got a little wobbly towards the end. Cyrus got gassed. Cyrus had issues getting up for the Moonsault <laughs> to the point where he, I think it was Yuma Anzai that he like brought, he, he called over and he sort of used him to help him up to the top rope, but the actual moonsault itself actually looked pretty good. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually positively... Like, I think Cyrus actually fits. It's He just feels like one of those, like, old-school, like, uh, like American heels, like, a, just a big dude coming into Japan to just fuck people up. Yeah. Yeah, as you said, there's, there's definitely issues with his cardio. Uh, I think that also became apparent in a later match that he had that we're going to review next. Uh, even though that match was shorter, I actually thought his cardio issues were even more apparent, but that might be because of who he was facing in that match. Yeah. Um, but I think we were proven right here where we were saying, okay, Shuji Ishikawa clearly sees this guy as his personal project and he's going to put him over. And that's exactly what he did here. Like, he sold his ass off. Yeah. Like, he bumped way more than he normally does in his matches nowadays. And then they, they uh, shot an angle that they posted on like their social media after the match where like Cyrus barges into Miyahara's dressing room and basically tells him he's going to kill him. I love that. I I loved it when I saw that happen. Like that's just really cool, like old school kind of style. Like I think you said it's like it like reminds you of uh of Stan Hansen. Yeah, because uh, like stuff in, like that, and like yeah, yeah no, that's exactly what this is. When Stan Hansen debuted in All Japan, seconding like Snuka and Brody in the finals of the 1981 Real World Tag League, like if you watch the match, most versions of it have like the stuff on the end where they're like just running through the back, yelling, and he's going like, "Baba, you son of a bitch, where are you?" and that <laughs> kind of thing, like, and stuff like that. So yeah, that's what it sort of called back to me. Yeah, no, this was this was really cool. So I think they're definitely behind Cyrus, and I definitely have a feeling that. He, they're going to bring him back uh, whenever he, like, leaves. Yeah, for sure. If, if nothing else, the Booker man has to get his win back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can do that in Tag League. Can, like, team him with someone in Tag League. Because I assume that uh, uh, Twin Towers are going to be in there. So. Yeah. And then in the main event, uh, New Japan Dojo Collision. Eugene <laughs> uh, Nagata defeated Yoshitatsu in 14 minutes and 22 seconds with a backdrop hold. Now, this was not a bad match, but it just was there. Man, Nagata's washed it. It's so sad to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was also thinking that, like, because he hasn't really had much to sink his teeth into in New Japan. So I had, a, I thought that he was one of those guys that could still go, but just, I don't know, the I don't way think this he, has gone. It's... I don't think he's phoning it in. Like, he looked exhausted after yeah, this Yeah, exactly. Like I, don't, like, I don't think it's a... It, it's not the same as Tiger Mask, where it's a lack of motivation and he's washed. Like, it, Yuji Nagata is clearly motivated to do well, but it's yeah. just his... Bot, like, he just he, can't go anymore the way he wants to. 
he is a consummate professional. He's not going to phone it in like this. And no, no, no. I mean, it's Yuji Nagata. Like, like motivation is never his issue. Like this. Yeah. He's a guy that very clearly loves wrestling. He loves being in a ring. He loves like putting on matches. But like, his body just doesn't listen to him anymore the way it used to maybe twenty years ago. Right now. We'll talk about the next Nagata match, but obviously Yoshitatsu is, you know, he's 46 and, you know, no spring chicken either. So that doesn't help, although I mean, no. it's not horrible. Um, but yeah, so it was just like there, like a gentleman's three. Um, but, you know, it just really got me thinking because like everyone, you know, people are like, oh, Nagata should still be in the G1, yada, 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 yada. But he's definitely falling. Five years really- ago, yeah. Now, yeah. no. I would say, well, I mean, I guess you could, because he's sort of in the same generation, although he's showing his age too, I've said, but I think Kojima might be the third generation still left standing. Yes, In terms yes. of uh, who can still go. He slowed down a little bit, but I mean, we're going to talk about his N1 matches later, and Kojima's N1 matches blow Nagata's Royal Road matches out of the yeah, water. Like, it's not definitely. even close. So that was the show on the 11th, and we go to the 14th. Um, Yoshitatsu and Rising Hado versus Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara went to a time limit draw. This is where Rising Hayato debuted the narcissist Rising <laughs> Hayato gimmick. Uh, he's now got like, I know, white like cargo pants with like black and purple stripes. And he's got his ears pierced, both of them. Yeah. And he's doing like a pretty boy gimmick. And he's like, look at me. I'm like the best looking wrestler in the company type thing. So what do you, what are your thoughts on the gimmick? I think it could work. He's really leaning into yeah. it. Yeah. And it also because I do actually like it. Like to me the problem is that there's kind of an upper limit on a gimmick like this. Yeah. But it can definitely work. Um and I think especially I think why it might work are is because it doesn't result into him holding back in the ring. If anything, he actually upped his intensity. And yes. I think that's really the reason why. Like, because he's done, like, the chops he's been doing since he got this gimmick are nuts. Like, they're yeah. so insanely loud. Like, he really you, laced them in. Have you noticed his new lion salt? Oh, yeah, the lion's like, it's it beautiful, is, too. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like, majestic yeah. is the word I would use. Like, it is awesome. So, like, he's obviously, I suspect it, that he's going to be, like, Atsuki's main rival. Yeah. And this is what the gimmick change is setting up. Oh, yeah, no, I, I definitely have that feeling. Like, because they have amazing chemistry. Like, whenever they faced off in matches on this tour, like, it's been amazing. Like, the singles match has, like, we gushed about the singles match a couple of weeks back. And... Yeah, no, this really feels like it's setting up kind of a generational feud between the two. And, and, yeah. and that's actually actually another thing I think that we need to talk about, which was notable for this show specifically, is it wasn't clap crowd. It, it was a proper crowd. <laughs> People yeah. were allowed to make noise. <laughs> right. But like the first like, All Ma- Japan shows in like years. <laughs> yeah, since March or February of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Um, I should say, though, and I noticed this on the Zero One show, the crowds are reacting to big stuff, but they're not necessarily, like, screaming or chanting. Because, like, no. they didn't chant for Kento. Yeah, exactly. That was where I noticed it. As, I, right? I, I, I was so looking forward to the Kento chants being back. but Oh, were. so was I. I was like, I'm going to cry when I hear those, <laughs> you know. Uh, unfortunately, it did not happen. Um, but, 
you know, just the fact that they will pop for the big stuff is good enough for me at this point, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I think maybe they need to kind of retrain. I think it's kind of because it's also still uncertain because it only happens on some shows. And yeah, I think it's just kind of people are uneasy on what they're actually allowed to do. Right. Like they know they can make noise, but then they're also not quite sure. Can we do it for the whole show? Because I remember, like, I don't know if you heard about that when Ultima Dragon did it on a Dragon Gate show where he basically just told people on the house mic that they can't cheer. And then I think someone ratted them out to the municipality and then they had to actually <laughs> announce later that they actually, no, actually, you're not allowed to cheer. <laughs> oh, God. That's hilarious. So I, maybe people are, like, a little apprehensive that they might not want to cheer too much because maybe they're afraid it's going to get taken away if they do. I don't know. Yeah. This is just me just basically just Well, I theories. mean, didn't New Japan open up their Korokin shows and people aren't filling out the cheering sections? They're buying tickets to the quiet yeah, no I mean, cheer section? The thing is, all, Japan also is kind of in a bit of a COVID surge as well. So, so right, this might yes. be people being like, Yes, I know we are allowed to cheer, but we also want to do the right thing. And yeah, I don't know. It's a it like it, Japan is in a very weird spot for that right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to tell, like how many people are simply not going to shows because of COVID, or how many people are unimpressed with what's going on. And I'm not just yeah. talking about all Japan, uh, you know, because you know Jay Dragon Gate Jay on Open the Voice Gate made the point like that you know the 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 match at the Tokyo Dome they they put fifty six thousand people in there yeah and for from like... the New Japan show today they're up like uh, like they only drew like twelve people more than the Noah show did in Budokan but, but it's also night. up like like one thousand three hundred people overnight one last year yeah so like whatever they draw for like the next night like it's gonna like be a really big number for New Japan like it definitely seems like New Japan attendances are recovering, whereas I have to say right now all Japan attendances are not trending in the same direction. Like, but no. because like for example with the Nagoya show, like that one drew because that one was four hundred and seventeen, and in April they did five hundred and four, so it's like nearly a hundred people less. Yeah, so that's not great. Yeah, I, I mean this Shinkiba show sold well though. Yeah, I don't think the bottom has completely gone off, but no. it's gone down a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did you actually see what Big Japan recently drew in Shinkiba? No. 89 fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've done that a couple of times. It's yeah. not good. It's no. not good. Um, and then after that, we had a three-way match. Black Menso Ray defeating Tajirian Izanagi when he pinned them both at the same time. <laughs> Uh, it was just a comedy match and setting up Menso Ray's challenge for the Gayo TV title. Yuma Aoyagi and Atsuki Aoyagi defeated Ryuki Honda and Yusuke Kodama in 9 minutes and 56 seconds with a firebird splash from Atsuki on Kodama. This is another, like, solid match. I, you know, not mm-hmm. much to say about it, but just setting them up. All-Asia tag team title match. Minoru and Toshizo defeated Takao Mori and Ryo Inoue with a Fisherman's Buster Um from Toshizo on Inoue. I don't know. It was fine, I guess. Surprisingly little cheating, actually. Yeah. Not... That, that, that was really noticeable to me. Well, there was, well, we'll get to the later, but there's even shockingly less today. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, certainly, you know, if you don't like Voodoo Murders, this was definitely not um, 
one of the like eye rolling and groan inducing type matches. It but definitely way, feels like they've been pulling back from the cheating for title matches at least because I assume people probably weren't happy about that. <laughs> probably because of the triple crown match. Yes. <laughs> oh God. You know, so, you know, I thought in a way got more shine here and that was like really to me the main thing, but you don't have to go out of your way and see it. No. Now we had a match that was really an angle sort of ECW style here. Jake Lee, Suji Ishikawa, and Hokuto Omori defeated Suwama, Taru, and Kono in 7 minutes and 34 seconds when Suwama was disqualified. And then there's a brawl. And then Yuma and Atsuki come out, and they get all heated, and then it becomes a 10-man tag. And then, like, Jake Lee, Suji, Yuma, Atsuki, and Hokuto Omori go to a no-con—or or would defeat Suwama, Taru, Kono, Minoru, and Toshizo in 1 minute and 59 <laughs> seconds when Taru gets disqualified— and, you know, you can imagine what this is, but they basically have set the, the, those five, Jake, yep. Shuji, Hokuto, and Atsuki, um, they've set themselves up as sort of like the main army, home army against voodoo murders. Yeah, that was exactly my thoughts as well. Like, this was clearly like a Jake Lee face turn to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, same for Mori, who was already leaning pretty faceish anyway. Uh, but they very clearly like position these guys as the guys that are going to be kind of the main baby faces of the company kind of going forward. And there was one man noticeable in his absence. Who? Uh, well, someone who was the main baby face of the company before this and might not be one for much longer. And that's oh, Jake. right, 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 right. Uh, not Jake, uh, Kento. <laughs> I-, I didn't read too much into it because... I think Kento's going to be busy with the Triple Crown. Yeah. Oh, you think he's uh, not going to fight Voodoo Murderers? It's like going to be these guys that are going to try and kick Voodoo Murderers out of the company? Well, here's what I think. I think there's a unit disbandment match on that Corican show that's after the Budokan, the day after. So it's going to be Total Eclipse versus Voodoo Murderers? Well, that team versus the other five. Ah, okay. I wish oh, they'd bring so Shuji. If Voodoo Murderers like, l- like loses, they have to leave all Japan again. Or disband. Because Suwama's not going to leave. <laughs> yeah. But again, disband, like, it's complicated because they are in multiple promotions. And yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure exactly. Taru owns the copyright. Right. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Or Taru has to leave all Japan. Yeah. yeah. It's like basically like they get, like, the, the faction has to leave. Uh, yeah, Japan, yeah. Uh, that would be a good way to just clean everything up mm-hmm. quickly and make a clean break after the Budokan. I don't know. It was just a thought that came into it. Because, yeah. like, what are they putting on this Cork and Hall show that means anything? Yeah, and you can probably have Toshizo lose the Gaiora title on there as well because he's probably going to lose the All-Asia title at the Budokan. Yeah, yeah, no, that does make a lot of sense. And hopefully, I mean, like, I'm sorry, but if Voodoo Murders go past Budokan, then, like, that's a big problem. Yeah, that is a very big I'm, issue. I mean, they shouldn't really be here anyway. No. Like, I said originally, before all of this went down, well, before Suwama won the Triple Crown, like, okay, if they're, this is like six, four, four or five months, they're out after Budokan, fine. Now, I didn't realize it was going to get this ridiculous, but, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like I have a feeling the Budokan shows very much are going to be about the history of the promotion, which makes sense that it's because it's the 50th anniversary. And Voodoo Murders are definitely a relatively yeah. large part of the history of the promotion. But yeah, I wouldn't main event. I wouldn't build the show around them. Let's put it that way. No. Oh, I wouldn't then, have because that's what they're doing. So. Now, 
is uh, the uh, sort of unglorious decline of Total Eclipse, was that a missed opportunity to tell a story of their falling apart, like, in a different way? They just kind of faded away. Yeah, but that's kind of what happened. Like, I, this, I agree, but it's also what happens to every stable in all Japan. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem, right? Yeah, it is. Is why it, is, think... it is, it is, it is. I mean, it's yeah. also like, I mean, Koji Doi are basically gone. Like, Koji, yeah. like, Koji Doi won the Koliga title. Like, I, I don't put that in our notes, gonna... and I'm yeah. like, is that a sign that he's not going to be around for a while? Yeah, that's the feeling I got as well, because, again, he, like, neither him nor uh, Kumarashi are really involved in this tournament at all. Like, they haven't really worked a promotion at all regularly. Mm-hmm. So well, because they're paying the god in Tiger Mask. I guess instead. so. That's what I think. But I mean, um, Koji Doi isn't really someone that like blows my doors off. But I'd probably rather have him than like the bones of Yuji Nagata. I take him. I take Koji Doi over Kono. I mean, I'll take him over a lot of voodoo murderous people, with maybe the exception of Suwama and uh, Tanaka. <laughs> yeah. And then so from there, we had another round, first round two match of the tournament. Kento Miyahara defeated Cyrus in seven minutes and two seconds of the jackknife hold. Again, I thought, you know, Cyrus played his role well. I mean, he just came out of the gate, was doing like the Vader hammer blows in the corner and everything like that. You know, Kento kicked out of the uh, Vader bomb, hit the blackout knee, and then the roll up. Cyrus got gassed here too, but I mean, he managed to get some good pops out of the crowd for just kicking the shit out of Kento. Yeah, and he got a really good big pop like in a post-match as well when he threw the referee out of the ring. Yeah. Like, he's definitely, he's over. Uh, but as I said, I I thought it was actually even more noticeable that he got gassed in this match, despite the fact that it was only seven minutes. But that might be because he was up against Kento, who was just <coughs> is literally the opposite, because Kento's just a stamina monster. And yeah. it, I do think Cyrus struggled a little bit at times to keep up with Kento's speed. But whenever he was on offense, yeah, it was really, really good. And then the main event, uh, another round two match. Yuji Nagata defeated Shotaro Ishino in 14 minutes and 21 seconds with a backdrop hold. I sort of expected this result when I saw the brackets. Um, yeah, I actually like this match. I gave it a three and two thirds <laughs> rating because I like I can't really give this three and three quarters, but like to like bring something good out of Nagata at this point, I thought. Um, yeah, it was fine. But given the outcome of this match, was Nagata correct and not uh, in failing Shotaro Ashino on the New Japan dojo test? Okay, so I wish they didn't run that angle because <laughs> it just makes Ashino look like a geek. Yes, it absolutely does. And then he loses. <laughs> to the 53-year-old? As a champion. 50... Yeah. But uh... to be fair, both tag team champions just... Drop the people over 50. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, Shotaro Ashino doesn't start tweeting that he wants to be in the World Tag League this year. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Or starts talking about stuff he wants to do with Tanahashi. <laughs> yeah. The um, show, which I thought, you know, was a pretty easy watch. It was mm-hmm. like two hours. The cheering was fun. Yep. And, um, you know. Oh, um, forgot to mention, after the All-Asia Tag Team title match... Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara came out to challenge, but then out of nowhere, Soma Watanabe and Yu Yuzuka of Great came out and also challenged. And so from the sounds of things, Watanabe and Izuka are going to challenge first and in Great. 
Okay. So I'm sorry, great fans, but the voodoo murders are coming. <laughs> so you mean Liam, because that's like the only one. <laughs> but now, to be fair, Minoru Tanaka is a great wrestler. Yeah. And he has worked a promotion before, I think. Yeah. Pretty sure he did, yeah. Uh, and I mean, he's always been kind of a Lidette-associated person anyway, so that makes perfect sense. But yeah, it is going to be interesting how voodoo murderers like do in that promotion. Well, it's kind of interesting also because you got Toshizo, two sort of battle arts um, alumni against sort of like the young shoot oh, style yeah, that's true, yeah. guys. Because they are from the... And it is actually interesting which side of the promotion they're actually going to do this and if this is just going to be like regular or if this is going to be on the I UWF would assume side. probably regular rules. Um, like it's fine. Like Minoru can get a win over either of them because he's like a great contracted guy. Yeah. So I don't think that's too big a deal. I think it actually could be a really good match if they don't do any bullshit. Yeah, again, that's the question, though, because it is still going to be the Voodoo Murderer's version of Minoru Tanaka. Yeah. So. Now, I ha now Great's got that show, I think, on the 24th with the tag title tournament in, in Kento versus Tetsuya Izuchi. Uh, I don't know when that's been announced because then I assume that Dan and Hikaru Sato are getting their title shot at Budokan. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Now, as much as I said, I think this, I wish the Saitos came in and squashed Voodoo Murders. It also makes sense for Dan and uh, Sato to yeah. take the titles off of them. But it might also be a case that maybe they just actually have no trust in the Saitos to really do anything. Well, we'll see where they're positioned yeah. when they get back, I guess. Um and then so we go to the show today that I just watched on the 16th at uh, Hodogayo Public Hall. Um, so the opening match actually was kind of fun. It was Suwon six seconds after the double chop. Um, you know, I mean, Inoue took a beating, but he actually got a chance to mm -hmm. I thought was cool. And it was a fun little opener for what it was. Yep. No, Definitely. Fine match, and in a way, shows that he just has a ton of potential. But obviously, at this stage, he's not going to be competitive with literally the champion of the promotion. <laughs> yeah. So the second match was Shotaro Ashino and Ryuki Hana in a non-title match, defeating Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara in 9 minutes and 10 seconds when Ashino pinned Tamara after a T-bone suplex. This was pretty good. Here's my issue. This was a 10-minute time limit match. They could have just had a 10-minute draw because you're trying to have Sato and Tamara challenge for titles soon. Right. Here's my uh, issue. The match happened at all. Like, it's wrestling. Yeah. You don't have to book this match if you have one to have one. If one team are the champions and the other team are challenging for a different set of titles, you just don't book the match. Yeah, exactly. Ideally. Yes. <laughs> this match was... Uh, Yoshitatsu, Tajiri, and Cyrus defeating Shuji Shikawa, Izanagi, and Renayabe, nine minutes and Cyrus pinned Izanagi after some like face buster move. It's called what was it even? It's like I'm just reading off the results. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was okay, let me see if Puro Law had that up already. It didn't. Oh, okay. So I just took it off the, the actual website. Japan yeah. website. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I, like, I have also thought that was just a waiter bump, but yeah, it might just yeah. be a weird translation error. Anyway, it was fine, but it was just like another, like, just get Cyrus over type thing. Um, and then, then the Gayora TV title match, 
Uh, Toshizo defeated Black Mensa in 10 minutes, 10 seconds with a Fisherman's Buster. I mean, this is a perfectly acceptable match. It was Toshizo's first defense. But what I thought was interesting, zero cheating at all. Mm-hmm. At one point, Toshizo takes his weight belt off. Referee Nikon Lee starts the five count, and then he drops it at like three, and then they just wrestle a straight match. Yeah, I was literally sitting there the entire time waiting. Okay, so when is the bullshit going to start? And it <laughs> never did. They just, I mean... I don't think it was like I still didn't really like the match because I, to be honest, I don't really didn't really care because I don't think Black Mansoura is really like a credible challenger for like almost any title. Yeah. Uh, so I just wasn't really invested into the match at all. But I mean, it was technically fine match, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was perfectly acceptable. A little slow at the beginning, but the yeah. last couple minutes were fine with the near falls. Yeah. And then we move on to uh, Yuma Aoyagi, Atsuki Aoyagi, and Hokuto Omori. That's a very new team in a lot of ways. They defeated Kento Miyahara, Rising Hayato, and uh, Oji Shiba in 14 minutes and 17 seconds when Atsuki pinned Shiba with the Firebird Splash. This was great. Yeah. This was really great. Like, Hayato was in full swing of his new character, you know, just letting everyone know how uh, good-looking he is and had some great uh, exchanges with Atsuki, and so did Shiba, um, I actually thought there was some stuff between uh, Atsuki and Kento that was really good too. Sort of went toe to toe with Kento, and just like another like great six man tag match. So if you're gonna just watch the tournament shows on this show, I would recommend like watching this as well. Yeah, yeah, you can skip every almost every other like non tournament match, but yeah, I think you should definitely watch this one. This was just a ton of fun, as you said. Like Hayato just kind of showed off all of the like parts of his new character. Uh, what I was really impressed by is, was uh, Shiba because he just really looked like he belonged, basically. Like, he didn't look out of place at all. Mm-hmm. So if he can stay healthy, then I think he's definitely, like, a guy they should, like, just book regularly as well and just make oh, him definitely. kind of a, like, like a relatively big part of the junior division. Oh, I agree 100% with that. And I should note that Yuma, Atsuki, and Hokuto, they all came out just wearing, like, all Japan logo shirts. Yep. And we're like, hey, look at us. Yeah, especially Hokuto was very insistent on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and he's now, what is it? Um, Wolf Moon of Rebellion <laughs> instead of the North Wolf. It's the most Japanese thing ever. Like, to, would only be more Japanese if he had written it in like German instead of English. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what exactly that was, but uh, yeah, not Total Eclipse anymore. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, right. definitely not. Like, he's out of the faction. So, like, like, I mean, at this point, it's just Jake, right? Yes, yeah. officially. If Kumadoi like, aren't around, stuff. then it's just him. Yeah, because they never actually said they'd left. Yeah. Um, but Kodama and Hokuto have, and Tajiri did too. Yeah. Um, and then so we go into the quarterfinals. Takao Mori defeated, or sorry, Naoya Nomura <laughs> defeated Takao Mori, I know, in 10 minutes and 45 seconds with some sort of arm bar. I couldn't get a good look at it because it was a single cam show. And so uh, Nomura was sort of blocking the camera. But I really liked this. Like, it was simple formula. Like, you know, Nomura comes at him hard at the beginning. And then, you know, Omori hits his arm when they're brawling on the outside on the ring post. Nomura gets the... Um, Starts to work over the arm. Omori gets some big moves in the last couple of minutes, but then just like, you know, Omori, or Nomura catches Omori when he's going for an axe bomber, puts him in the arm bar, makes him tap out. I thought it was a lot of fun. Omori worked hard. And Nomura established himself now as like, 
you know, more of a threat, like his submission guy now type thing. Yeah. No, it was a perfectly acceptable match. Like, I don't think it was great or anything, but Omori, as he said, like, he worked hard. And Nomura, like, he's definitely, like, they are willing to push him. Like, I mean, we were kind of suspecting that they might actually have him go all the way to the finals. And I, I think I'm definitely still thinking that that's what they're doing. And, yeah, like, I really hope that this means that he is just back as a regular now. Yeah, definitely. We'll see. And then in the main event, Jake Lee defeated Takuya Nomura in 15 minutes and 14 seconds with the D4C. I thought this was kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't bad. But, like, first of all, did you notice that Jake was still subtly, subtly working as a heel in this? Yeah. I mean, he's also still wearing the total Eclipse tights Eclipse, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely very weird where he did the big angle on the show prior where, like, he's, like, basically a part of, like, the baby, big baby faces. And then he just still did the same stuff he's been doing for the last couple of months in this match. It was a very odd decision. Uh, I'm also kind of sad that they that they didn't go to Nomura versus Nomura route. I actually would have loved to see that match. But yes. I think Jake versus Nomura could be, like, really good too as well. Yeah, but this match, like, just didn't live up to my no, expectations. No, not at all. Like, I definitely like, had really high expectations for this. And First half was, like, whole lot of yeah. nothing. Then they started kicking each other hard. Yeah. But, like, Jake was, like, bam, like, backdrop D4C, it was over, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe these guys just don't really have good chemistry because... Like, yeah, well, they didn't face each other in the Champion Carnival. No. Nomura definitely yeah. has chemistry with Yuma and Kento. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, maybe, like, him and Jake just don't really match up well. So, I could also see happen. Jake not wanting to bust his ass because he's probably got two matches on the next show. Or, no, at least one match. At least on one match. Actually. actually, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that as well now. Kind of well, what our yeah, expectations are. Well, yeah, because we go are. on to August. I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. going with a Kento-Nomura final. Yeah, that's still my expectation as well. I don't think they're... Well, remember, they they made a whole bit... Well, who knows what the booking changes have. They made a whole big deal about, like, Kento versus Jake for the last time. Yes, exactly. And then it just you just immediately bring it back, like, four weeks later. And I think, you know, giving Nomura wins over Jake and Yuma is good because that can carry that feud going after Budokan. Mm-hmm. Or maybe in Budokan, we'll see who they face, right? I'm actually very curious now because for the longest time, I thought Yuma and... Nomura we're going to do something at the Budokan. Yeah. But now I'm not so convinced anymore, given that Yuma is now more in a feud with Fudo Murderers. Well, we'll see, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a feeling for that. Okay. Um, if, if so, we're, if, so if we're just going, basing this off of Nomura is going to the final, right? Does he have a chance to win? No. <laughs> Although it would be a great swerve at this point. Yeah. Anything to freshen up all Japan. Yeah. But again, but like, are they going to main event their 50th anniversary show with Suwama versus Noya Nomura? No. I mean, here's the thing. That would have been a realistic main event if he had never left. Like, okay, in this case, okay, oh, for just sure. imagine Nomura never left. Is this a credible main event for the 50th anniversary? If Nomura never left, a credible main event was Nomura finally beating Kento for the Triple Crown. Yes. But we, we know that that's not the road they were ever going to go down anyway, because then it would have just done that exact same thing, but with Yuma instead. Yeah. Well, it's also possible if Nomura never left, he'd already won the, he would have won the Triple Crown at this, by this point. Yes. So, like, 
this isn't a defense of all Japan's booking during the pandemic, but there was definitely a, a, a period when the pandemic started for quite some time where they, where they pulled back. And I think Suwama got that reign longer than he would have under normal circumstances because they just wanted to see if this thing would end and then return to what they had planned. Yeah. So if Nomura hadn't left while well, the pandemic still happens and I think they would have sort of slowed down their booking. I don't know, but Suwama versus Nomura is perfect. Like Nomura versus anybody, Nomura main eventing the Budokan would have been very credible if he had never left, basically. Yeah. I would, or gotten injured, I guess. Yeah. I think. So, um, I, I mean, it is clearly going to be Kento versus uh, Suwama, but I'm just wondering, like, if they really want to pull a swerve, that would be, like, really interesting thing to do. Like, it would be a really big bet on Nomura, but I don't think they're willing to do that. But No. Yeah. And then, so, on August 20th, we've got Kento Miyahara versus Yuji Nagata and Jake Lee versus Naomi Nomura. It's funny to think that Tiger Mask may end up getting better treated in All Japan than Yuji Nagata. Yeah, because I would assume that Nagata's going to lose here. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, then ooh, that, that, that's going to be rough. <laughs> that's bad. Well, I don't understand what this whole, like, these, why have they been so focused on Kento so much? Yeah, exactly. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, the whole feud is built around that. Um, also uh, announced is Sush- Sushi, Andy Wu, and Black Menso Ray versus Hikaru Sato, Dan Tamer, and Ryo Inoue. Yes, I, I think I've been predicting that for a while now. <laughs> so, no, th- this just seems incredible. Like I said, we're just going to have Wood. Like, that's what I mean. They literally built the entire 50th anniversary show around Voodoo Murderers because they're going to be in all of the title matches. Go in there? Uh, Instead of Taru? Yeah, they could. Oh, unless Kondo is just doing stuff. Yeah. But he isn't really. Like, he lost his title match with Hayata. He wasn't in a title match on the Dragon Gate show, so... Noah's not going to use them either yeah. because they got the N1. Yeah. And they don't have much at, in September. Yeah, except no, for but at the I beginning. think they're going to get Taru and Kono. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to win at the very least, so that's good. Oh, no, no, because I, I'm still relatively bullish on the Voodoo Murders stopping after Budokan. Yeah, I mean, they'd better. I would not bet $1,000 on that, though, but I'm relatively confident. Yeah. Maybe I'd put 100 Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $528 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. 
And now a word from our sponsor, HelloFresh. Now what is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Savor every last second of summer with HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, allowing you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from home. Heading out for one last vacation? Update your delivery address and enjoy HelloFresh at your vacation destination with just a click. Plans are flexible, so they work with your changing schedule. And I know with August, I go away, visit, maybe go visit my parents, maybe go to a cottage and something like that. So I'm not around for deliveries. So that sort of flexibility is great at this time of year. And you can get back into the fall season because it's going to be busy. But weeknights can be made so much easier with foolproof step-by-step recipes ready in about 30 minutes. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16 and use code V-O-W-16 for 16 free meals across 7 boxes and 3 free gifts. Remember, that is HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16 and V-O-W-16 is all one word. Now to the N1 victory Paul, what are your overall thoughts so far? Um, I will definitely say it's been a good tournament overall so far. Um, there hasn't really been anything that I would call like a match of the year contender yet. Like there have been some really, really good matches, but there's nothing been where I'm like, oh, this is like something that I'm going to put on like my like year end list. But there also hasn't really been anything bad so far so i think just overall it's been like a really solid tournament and there's still like plenty of time for them to like put on like real bangers because this matches have gotten very very close to that status uh definitely now Paul- not really it's kind of a thing that hopefully maybe once the n1 is done and like that schedule slows down i kind of plan to like do some like selective g1 viewing basically the say is would it have been fair to say that this tournament has a higher floor than the G1? I mean, I've heard, because I haven't, like I said, I haven't really watched that much, but I've heard from people that there have been some dreadful shows for the G1 where there was just nothing to sink your teeth into and it was just boring. And we definitely haven't gotten that. And I think that's the strength of the N1 because it is a smaller tournament and both blocks like wrestle every night. Like, I think that really helps the tournament, like, to, like, feel exciting overall. Yes, definitely. Although there's something, choices made that I will tear apart. So yeah. we go to the first show uh, at the Yokohama Budokan on August 11th, drawing 940 fans. Um, what do you think of that number? Because I think you can get, like, 4,000 people in there, technically. Yeah. Um... I mean, I remember talking earlier in the year about the uh, Max Bump Show of DDT with Endo versus uh, Ueno. And that drew kind of a similar number. And it, I actually drew a little less than that. So, like, I definitely don't think this is a good number. Uh, as said, like, the DDT number was even worse than that. And I think there have been some other numbers in there that were even worse than that. But it's definitely not a great number either. Like I'm kind of neutral on the number. Right. Not a disaster, but not 
great. Not the disaster, but it's also not like I think they actually I think they actually drew like a little bit more than they did on their last show in there. So it is it is definitely pointing upwards, but it's not massive growth at the moment. Yeah. So I'll skip all of the tag matches on the undercard except for one that I'll get to later. So for the first uh, N1 match in Block B, Katsuhiko Nakajima defeated Masa Kitamiya in 10 minutes and 36 seconds with the vertical spike. Um, this was like a condensed version of the matches that they usually have. I mean, it was good, not like great, but like, you know, they kicked the shit out of each other. And basically that's what you want from these two. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a Nakajima versus Kitamiya match. I kind of felt they were playing the hits more or less. And uh, I mean, but it makes sense to make this the first match to kind of get people into the mood for the N1 and everything. And it, it perfectly served its purpose for that. Uh, but these two have definitely had better matches against these other though. And in A block, Masato Tanaka defeated Anthony Green in 11 minutes and 21 seconds with the sliding D. Oh, this was okay. Um, although I think Green would get a little more comfortable later on in some of the other shows. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think Green, I've actually, we're going to talk about later, but I've been really positively surprised by Green. I think he's adapted really well to the tournament, but yeah, this was also just okay. But I would definitely put that more on Tanaka because I've had my issues with Tanaka in this tournament. But oh, really? We'll okay. That more later. I'm a little yeah. more positive maybe on Tanaka than you in some of the other mm-hmm. later matches. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Masakatsu Funaki defeated uh, Kenya Okada in 7 minutes and 49 seconds with the referee stop with the sleeper hold. I mean, it was pretty good for what it was. I thought Okada, mm-hmm. like, got in some stuff in there, like... You know, I mean, it was what it was. It was still Funaki dominating him mostly, though. Yeah, and that's really been the thing that's been happening for most of these Okada matches. Like, it's definitely a formula there where he will just get dominated. But I mean, we kind of expected that. Yeah. Although there was another, there was a later uh, Okada match that I thought was actually kind of fun. Um, the next one, uh, Hideki Suzuki in A Block uh, defeated Misaki Mochizuki in 14 minutes and 35 seconds with a double arm suplex. I really like this. I yep, thought it was a same. really great, like, technical and strike battle, for sure. Yeah, it's actually Mochizuki so far has been kind of been my MVP for the tournament. I actually liked all of the matches that he's had so far. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like, and he matched up really well with Suzuki here. Like, I was actually surprised that Suzuki was the guy that was selling for most of the match. Because uh, Mochizuki just, yeah, just kicked the shit out of him and... Suzuki like sold it really well, like his desperation. And it really felt like he just barely managed to like, like just escape with the victory, basically. Where he kind of like managed to like catch Mochizuki with the suplex and then got out of there after he got like dominated for most of the match. But yeah, this was like to me, this was definitely like one of the best matches of the entire tournament so far. Yeah, definitely was great. So check that one out. That's a recommendation for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, in the N1 victory block B, Jack Morris defeated Kaito Kiyomiya in 11 minutes and 50 seconds with a tiger driver. So I, what do you think? Is Kaito ruined for eternity now because of this result? I don't know, th- but I don't... No, like, not. I think you could have given Morris the shock upset to someone else. Yes, you, defi- you definitely could have done that. But I also don't think that, like, the legacy of Kaito Kiyomiya isn't going to be defined by him losing on the first night of the N1. Like, that's, like, it's fine. 
it's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, given some of his subsequent performances, it's like it's looking less and less. Look, I got to say, I think there's potential there with Jack Morris. Yes, definitely. I, I've definitely been positively surprised by him. Like he definitely, he fits in. And it's like, funny he because he was in. like, uh, he's like in the Scottish Indies mostly, right? Like ICW and that. Yeah. And no one really knew who he was, but like he's a pretty good wrestler. Yeah. So we'll, no, we'll, yeah, we'll it, seems, give... it seems that he actually got in through this whole thing where they like opened applications for wrestlers, basically. I will say definitely a good eye by yeah. Noah on this one compared to some of the other foreigners they brought over this No, year. definitely. I mean, I mean, in this case, it is also just like a guy that like no one knew before. Like it was like they actually did some talent scouting rather than just bring in guys that happened to be in WWE at the same time as Hideki Suzuki. Yeah. And then after that, we had in block A, Keno defeating Ahio to Dr. Wagner Jr. in 15 minutes and three seconds, the sleeper hold. It was good, but like it just never got into like that next gear, I thought. No, to me, there's like just a really clear kind of ceiling for like what we can expect from like Wagner Jr. singles matches. Well, I would say ones that go this long too. Yes. He's a 10 minute guy. I think. Yeah, there's really only so much you can get out of him. And I think Kano, like, did well with what he was given. But, yes, there just isn't that much more he could have gotten out of this specific opponent. And I only mentioned this tag match because of how ridiculous it is. Naomichi Marafuji, Ahio Dos Santo, and Ultimo Dragon defeated uh, the Peros team of Nosawa, Kotaro, Suzuki, and Super Crazy in 9 minutes and 29 seconds when Santo... Who do you think he made submit in this one, Paul? Who do you think would love to do the job to Santo? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, Super Crazy is a fellow Mexican, right? And I mean, I'm sure Kotaro Suzuki has some uh, reverence for someone like uh, Santo. But no, it obviously was Nosava. <laughs> yes. Never been so happy to tap out for someone, I'm sure. No, yeah. yeah. With a big well, except for face. maybe Mil Mascaras would be the only one. He well, I mean, and then afterwards, it's probably something that he wants to do even more because they teased a uh, uh, Harris mask match between <laughs> Ultimo, Santo, and himself. And was it super crazy? I think? I think it was crazy, but it could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But again, that's a that's a very he's going to be a very happy man to like shave his head when he loses that match. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the the vanity stuff, Nosawa vanity in the junior division continues. So back to the N one in B block, Takashi Sugera versus uh, sorry defeated Satoshi Kojima in sixteen minutes and fifty four seconds via referee stoppage from a front net lock. This was disappointing. I thought, like you know, they kind of just went out there. And then it was over. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, given that both men kind of have a claim to be, like, the best wrestlers, like, over 50, I definitely expected a bit more from this. Uh, and also given, like, the performance both men have had, like, in the rest of the tournament, like, especially with hindsight, it is actually kind of a disappointing yeah, match. for sure. Because they both would uh, improve things later. Um, so, yeah, I mean not don't worth checking it out i mean have they had a match before they must have right yeah they actually had uh i think i actually looked it up uh they had a singles match in the global league a few years back actually i have to check that out because i bet you that was good i don't know that one was probably better than this one yeah, yeah. so if you want to watch segura versus kojima uh watch them when they had a match in the global league i think in 2011 i think was when that happened uh, and in the main event no it would have it would have been whenever when was when did 
New Japan have a stake in NOAA? Well, th- this would have been like some time between 2013 and 2016 or something like that. Yeah, I think it was like 2013 or something like that was when that happened, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And he's also back to being blonde. Yeah, and he's back to being blonde. Oh, those tights are ugly, I'm sorry. They're, they're horrific. I don't, I don't think I've seen anyone say anything good about them. Especially given how, like, I thought his last look was pretty cool looking. Yeah. A little like, moodle it's, it's one of the but... things. It's one of the things we actually talked about when we talked about that specific match. Where I was like, no, I actually liked the new look he got based on that. Like, it was actually a pretty good look. And then he just is like, no, I'm going to go back to blonde and I'm going to dress like a circus clown. Yeah, like real like Harlequin like energy. Like he'd be in some yeah, like... or goes to like the carnival in Rio or something. <laughs> yeah, did you see Keno bury it on his YouTube channel? Yes. Like God, just and then Keno's a perfect person to do that too. Yeah, I mean in a way that actually enhances their feud. But yeah, yeah. I mean obviously Keno would bury it. <laughs> and then in the main event in Block A, Kazuyuki Fujita defeated Go Shiozaki in twenty minutes and forty six seconds with the power bomb. And we're on the topic of looks. What do you think of Fujita's new look? I actually like this old look better, to be honest. Yeah, he looks like Alexander I don't think Otsuka's long lost bad. brother. Yeah, it's definitely not as bad as the new uh, Kaito look, but it, I definitely think it's. I definitely prefer this previous look. I don't know. Fu- Although like, I do like him growing a little bit of facial hair. Sure, but I feel like brighter colors just seem weird on him. Yes. Yeah. No. He's not. He's not a guy that like should wear like <coughs> white colors. Like he should be like more like a dark colored guy. Yeah. He like. just dresses. It just like... fits better with his gimmick as well. Yeah. As for the match, not bad. They took a little a uh, little bit to get going. It was twenty minutes, which you know with Fujita is an issue. But like they, I thought it got pretty good in the end, and they were kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah. No, definitely. This was this was a pretty good match. Like not as good. This was their best it singles was... match, if you ask me need to think about it but i would probably agree on it uh i would definitely say it was one of the better matches on the show as well like i don't think it got close to the suzuki versus mochizuki match no but it was like, better than sugar and kojima yes definitely uh like i don't think you need to go out of your way to watch this match but like it's also not a match that you that you should skip if you watch it if yeah. that makes sense and so that was the first night and then we go into uh, night two at the Osaka Edion Arena, number two, 505 fans. That's part for the course of what most companies are drawing there these days. Yeah, that's pretty much in line. That's just kind of, well, a, and it's a decent number. Plus, yeah. they're coming back in September, I think, third to Edion number one for the finals. So, yeah, that's that, really... that is going to be much more of like an interesting test for the drawing yeah. ability than this one. So, for the end one. Sh- in this show, Block A, Go Shiozaki defeated Anthony Green with the strong arm Lariat in 9 minutes and 35 seconds. This was much better than um, Green versus Tanaka. Yeah. I thought. No, I like and this. I, I like this a lot. And this was like, because I was like, after the Tanaka match, I was like, mm, okay, this Green actually. And I was like, no, actually, once he faced off against like Go Shiozaki, like that was actually a really fun match on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think you liked it a little more than I. Uh, I will get. I actually think Green's best match of the tournament so far comes on the next show. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. But like after the previous match, I was like, mm, right. I still had some hesitations. But after this one, I was like, oh, yeah, no, he fits. Perfect. No, I, I think I think after this tour, Green actually will probably fit in quite well to Noah, much better than I might have suspected at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. 
uh, in block B. Uh, Satoshi Kojima defeated Kenya Okada in 8 minutes and 50 seconds. I like this actually a fair amount for what it was because Kojima actually let Okada have more than any of the opponents in his other matches <laughs> during this tournament, really. Yeah. No, because uh, Kojima is an unselfish yeah. guy. Yeah, no, he is. He is. He 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 gave Okada comparatively. He gave him a lot. I think yeah. we need to say it's not like he like let him have a lot, but he definitely gave him more than his other two opponents have let him have so far. And yeah, and again, like this was quite fun. It was definitely also like a positive sign. Like coming out of the the previous night was like okay, maybe Kojima has slowed down, and he showed here like no, 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 he hasn't. He just like just both men just had an off night on that yeah. night, and he just was right back to his previous strength on this match. And Paul, have you been listening to the shows on English commentary? Yes. Have you noticed that they're still calling Kojima the greatest ex in history? <laughs> they, they've kind of also done that on the Noah socials, I think. Yeah. Like, I think that's just what his name is now. <laughs> I mean, given how many times he has been ex over like the last couple of weeks, like last couple of months, actually. I think it actually makes sense. I mean, it's a weird gimmick. Satoshi it, X Kojima, uh, yeah. I guess. Someone needs to uh, uh, get a bigger X than um, than Kojima. I'm sorry. I, like, I love Kojima. He's one of my favorite all time. But, like, he's not the greatest X in history. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I laugh every time I hear it. And then uh, to the A block where we start to talk about some of the bullshit. <laughs> uh, you know, until Dr. Wagner Jr. defeats Kazuyuki Fujita in 9 minutes and 23 seconds with the Kazadora. So what but, do you mean this means for the future of Wagner Jr. after this one? Well, I don't know much. <laughs> because there's always been a thing where guys who even don't like to do jobs in Japanese wrestling will still do jobs to the foreigners. Because it's a little politically mm -hmm. different. Well, I'm not even sure if I would call this a job even. To be well, honest. no, that's the thing. His, his, yeah. It was like... this. <laughs> Speaking of ripping off New Japan, they basically ripping off like the Will Ospreay, the ref is screwing me angle. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, yeah, his shoulders weren't down and it was done in such a way that the ref really probably couldn't see that. Fujita's shoulders were down, you know. And then he literally put up a video calling at a controversial finish. Yeah, which knows that it was, you know, legitimately how it was supposed yeah. to be booked. That's just embarrassing. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it, it, it was an awful finish. Yeah, I did see some people kind of slightly overreact to this result. I mean, what I will say is, it doesn't like the the thing is for this like it doesn't matter. Like you shouldn't care this much about a fucking random ass El Hijo de Doctor Wagner Junior result. In well. The on night two of the N1. But I, what I will also say, that also goes for Kazuyuki Fujita. He should also not care this much about this match. He should just fucking do the job and not have this whole fucking elaborate scenario around it where he, he, didn't, he, he loses the match, but also he doesn't really. Like, he should just fucking man up. Like, he's so fucking insecure. Like, that's really the thing that bothers me about him. Like, he's so insecure that he can't even do a clean job here. Like, fucking grow up. <laughs> um, I guess what I would say though is it depends on who like if Fujita puts anyone else over on this tournament it will probably affect my feelings looking back at this result I will be more forgiving if he puts someone else over later on in this tournament I guess did that make sense? Actually, you know what actually that's worse to me really? yes because 
if he just always has these kind of bullshit finishes now, at the very least it's consistent, whereas you had to do this bullshit finish here, like, why? Like, it's just Dr. Wagner Jr. It doesn't matter if you put him over clean. It's not going to affect your status at all. I guess. Just do it. Yeah. Like, just do it. Like, that, that's really my main takeaway is, like, why don't you just get fucking pinned clean? Like, because, okay, worst case now, you get pinned on a roll-up. Like, it's still a banana peel finish, but then on top of that, you also have the bullshit where, you are, where your fucking arm is up and, like, really far up. Like, it was almost sticking fucking 90 degrees up. And then you have to have, like, the YouTube channel put up a video calling it a controversial result. Like, it's just so unnecessary. Yeah. I would have even taken the old getting pinned when you're putting a sleeper on a guy because he, like, shifts his legs. Yeah, there's just so much unnecessary yeah. effort that went into this entire scenario. Yeah. So let's go to something more <laughs> uh, uplifting. Block A. Keno defeated Misaki Mochizuki in 13:32 with the Dragon Suplex hold. I thought this was great. Yeah, no, this was really good. This is probably my second or third best match of the tournament so far. Uh, this was just two guys just going balls to the wall. And I love the finishing sequence as well, where they just both kept reversing like the dragon uh, suplex hold, basically, yeah. until Kano just managed to get it and just pin him off of it. Yeah. Like, it just felt a match between two equals. Definitely. I'd put this maybe three, I think, uh, so far, of uh, the show, the tournament. Yeah. Mochizuki doing a lot of jobs. I'm sure he'll get some wins on the back end, but that's interesting. No, it is definitely. Like, uh, maybe he is getting towards the end of his Noah run because he is... Like, it is also interesting that he is actually dropping quite a bit because he's a champion in Dragon Gate. Right. He's the Triangle Gate champion with his son. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting but, to see who does get one over. I mean, he's done a lot of jobs in, in, um, in Noah, if you really think about it. Although he did get his, like, his, like token like national title run for like what was it like a month if even that yeah yeah, yeah. it was just it was a zero defense title Matt yeah. Rain as well I'm pretty sure yeah no but uh, he, like I said he's definitely been my MVP so far because I just really liked all of the matches he's had so far then we go to block B Masa Kitamiya defeats Kaito Kiyomiya in 18 minutes and 54 seconds with the prison hold Paul this was my favorite match of the tournament so far same <laughs> I was yeah. just about to say the exact same thing it was great like, this was really was... good yeah I've been really positively impressed by Kitamiya because he can always be a little bit inconsistent yes but so far he's just been firing on all cylinders he has been great this tournament too really and it's credit you know um like but Kaito was great here as well like he just sold his ass oh of course for Kitamiya. Like, that, that was an important part like I know there are people that really like Kitamiya and I'm like I think he's slotted pretty fairly like occasional yeah. title challenger like wins the tag title often but uh you know i mean if he's going to continue to perform at the level that he has been so far in this tournament i guess i actually wouldn't be against more of a push or anything like this is just great and yeah no, i i think i think he might be in line for a title shot pretty soon yeah uh and there's a very specific not the jc title but i think he's I think he's winning a. I think he's winning the national title. Yes, that's what I was thinking too. And he'd be an ideal national title champion. Yeah, because that belt needs some revival after the weird, really weird <laughs> Funaki reign. Yes, very weird. Um, and then we go to Block A. 
Hideki Suzuki defeats Masato Tanaka in 15 minutes and 24 seconds with the Royal Stretch. I really like this too. I know you had your uh, Tanaka issues, but I thought Hideki reined in his worst um, tendencies and sort of like yeah. actually had them build a proper match with all of this. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I mean, for me, the issue was basically it's not, to me, it's not really believable that Tanaka can go toe to toe with Hideki Suzuki on the mat. <laughs> like, sorry. I love Tanaka. Tanaka is really, Tanaka is good. Like, the things Tanaka is good at, he's really good at. But he's a brawler. He's not a technician. Yeah. Like, it, it's, to me, it's just not believable that he can, like, go toe to toe with one of the best technical wrestlers on the entire planet. Like, that was really my main issue with this entire match, where, like, if Tanaka had just tried to, like, brawl with, like, try to, like, throw Suzuki off his game by, like, trying to brawl with him, but instead he, like, tried to have a technical match with him, which, to me, that just doesn't really work. Uh, Honestly, that, I think, that's, like, the big difference about our levels of enjoyment on this, because that just simply didn't, like, come into my head when I was watching this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think... That's some of the reason why I enjoyed it more. But like, you would still say that it was a good match. It, it was. It was not a bad match. It was still overall a good match. I just had a hard time believing, uh, buying into certain parts of the match. Basically, are you looking forward to the Masato Tanaka Timothy Thatcher match when uh, he returns? <laughs> I mean, again, it actually in this case it actually it again actually depends Thatcher on what could do. work well with him because Thatcher's exactly. in WWE. Because Thatcher is also a really good brawler. Like yeah. even prior to WWE, Thatcher was a really good brawler. So if they have a brawling match, I think that could be really good because Fatra is an excellent technical wrestler. He's a really underrated brawler. Yes. So if they have a technical match, then I'm probably going to feel the same about that match as I feel about this match. But if they have more of a brawling match, then I think I'm actually going to love that match. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me go to the main event. Masakatsu Funaki defeated Katsuhiko Nakajima in 22 minutes and 26 seconds with the hybrid blaster, which is like a... Uh, tombstone pile driver type thing. Um, this went way too long <laughs> for starters. Is this the longest Funaki match he's had? And like, I'm thinking if this is the longest match he's had in Noah, but it's definitely been the longest match he's had in a long time. Okay, so the bad, this went t- way too long. The good, they were they were kicking their shit the shit out of each other at points. And Funaki gave Nakajima a lot, more so than he gives to most of the other wrestlers on the roster. Yeah, definitely. But uh, it just went way too long. Was like, he, it definitely went way, way too long. But it's definitely, he, uh, he, he gave some respect to his stablemate, let's put it that way. Yeah, basically, and that was it. So I don't know if I would have made that the main event, but whatever. No, no, it was also definitely very weird that this was like the order of the... But then again, this was kind of a weird show for that. Because I mean, if you just look at the card, there is really no like obvious main event. I think you could have done Kaito and Kidam in Kitamiya in the main event. could have done that, or you could have done Keno versus Mochizuki. Yeah. But I'm not saying that it's like a slam dunk that either of those should have main evented over this right. one. Fair enough, yeah. Because it is still a champion and like the last year's winner, so I get why they put this one in the main event slot. Um, we go to night three, and I think night three might have been the best overall, top to bottom. Mm, I... I probably would say I prefer night two. Okay. Um, 
Because I have my issues with... Oh, I have some issues with With specific too. things in the main event, especially. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to... Dis- well, that'll be interesting discussion. So we begin, though, with... Uh, in Block B action, Takashi Sugera defeated Kenya Okada with the Olympic Slam. Good, but, you know, Sugera basically smothered Okada and made him look like a, yeah. uh, a young boy. It was kind of the opposite of the of the Kojima match. But, I mean, yeah. it was still really enjoyable. Like, the stuff that Sugera actually did in the match was really, really good. But, yeah, he gave Okada, like, absolutely nothing. Uh, next match, Block A, Anthony Green finally gets on the board with two points because he defeated Hio de Dr. Wagner Jr. with a Cazadora cutback. Looked a little bit sloppy, but I thought the rest of the match was really good. I think Green's style meshed well with Wagner's, like, obviously Lucha-influenced style. Yep, no, this was definitely a positive surprise for me because I was, like, when I was looking at the kind of match, and I was, like, kind of had this pegged in as, like, one of the potentially weaker matches of the Oval Tournament, but it definitely over-delivered. Yeah, they said, like, Green matched up really well with Wagner here, and I think that really, really helped the match kind of exceed expectations, and I wouldn't say it was a great match, but it was definitely, like, really good, and it was still overall an enjoyable uh, bout. Next match, Block B, Masa Kitamiya defeated Masakatsu Funaki in 9 minutes and 3 seconds with a Saito suplex. I like this. I like the grappling at the beginning. There was some hard-hitting stuff. And I know this might sound like I'm being contradicting myself, but this Funaki match went a little too short. <laughs> you could have added like two more minutes to this, and I think it would have been really good. I would actually say this is kind of the perfect Funaki match length, to be honest. Like, you're just nine minutes in and out. Like, you do all of the stuff that is re- that Funaki is really good at. Like, you just have, like, really hard-hitting action, and it's, like, it basically you can get out of there before, like, Funaki runs out of gas slash ideas. So, yeah. to me, this was kind of, like, the ideal kind of Funaki match. And, yeah, like I said, I think we're going to see this match again relatively soon. Well, let me put it this way. If they do a rematch, it can't go any longer than 12 minutes. <laughs> no, no, no. I, that's exactly what I'm uh, – like, I think – I actually think that maybe those additional minutes that you wanted in this match, you're going to get that in the title right. match. Right, yeah. But if they do so something – they might want to save that for, yeah. for that match. For sure. And then after that, uh, yeah. So we go to B Block. Satoshi Kojima defeats Jack Morris in 12 minutes and 48 seconds with the Western Lariat. I thought this was pretty darn good. Yeah. Kojima was willing to sell for Morris. Kojima put Morris over on Twitter after the match. You know, Morris looked good. Morris sold amazingly for Kojima, like just like bumping for all of his moves, taking one of those like sort of flipping around on the Western Lariat at the end. So, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I mean, Morris definitely seems like a guy that has been watching his Japan tapes. Yeah. So I, I would assume that he was actually really happy to be in there with Kojima. If you're actively seeking out to go to Noah, you've yeah. been watching Japanese tapes. Yeah, and if, if you've done that, then you very likely have a really great appreciation for Satoshi Kojima. Because yeah. yeah, it definitely seems like Jack Morris has good taste in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like this really, again, was another like, positive uh, uh, surprise as well. Uh, yeah, this really cemented it to me that Jack Morris actually belongs. Like he can hang, he he really like accla- like he really acclimatized like incredibly well to Noah. And yeah, as I said, like he sold his ass off, and Kojima also did like a really good job at still putting him over despite the fact that he won the match. Paul, would you say that Jack Morris is sublime every time? I mean, it's his tagline, so it definitely seems like it's one of those wrestling taglines that is accurate at least so far. Yeah. And then we go to 
block A, Go Shiozaki defeats Masaki Mochizuki in 14 minutes and 22 seconds with the limit break. Another pretty darn good match. I think there were some people higher than me uh, on this, although I don't know. I thought it would took a little bit time to get going, but once he started getting into the arm work and everything and Shiozaki having to fight back despite the fact that he couldn't really use the lariat, I thought that did end up telling a pretty good story. Yeah, uh, was prob- like I said, like all Mochizuki matches have been really good. This was probably the weakest of the three, but it yeah. was still a really darn good match. Yeah, for uh, sure. So, uh, yeah, that's why Mochizuki is easily my, uh, my MVP for the tournament so far. Uh, Go as well, though, has been doing pretty well as well in his matches. So, like, to me, it was like, yeah, very easily. It's like, yeah, two of the best people in the tournament facing off against each other and just doing a really solid job. And yeah, no, it I don't really have any real shock me if the, the go arm thing becomes a story throughout the tournament. Yeah, I mean, that's really been the go story for a long while now, where like yeah. it's just he just sells the arm because it's kind of one of his like it's basically much his like main Tanahashi's weapon. knees in August. It's time yeah. to uh pretend my arm's about to fall off. Yeah, or it's like, oh, what? Oh, it's it's the N1. No, no, my arm kind of hurts. <laughs> it's basically go shit. But look, I mean, that's the smart thing. Like, at, especially at Shiozaki's age, like emulating Tanahashi, I think is like the exact thing you should do at that at the age that Shiozaki is at now. Yes, definitely. Because that just prolongs your career by that much more. Exactly. And unlike, like, you know, it's funny because Tanahashi looks like he's in more pain than a lot of other guys his age, but <laughs> yeah. because of his IQ, he's better than them. Yeah. Right? And I think Go can be that kind of guy too. Yeah. No, because, yeah, Go really has put everything together. Like, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, for a long time, Go Shiozaki was just, like, seemed like one of the guys with the most, like, wasted potential. But now he's just, like, really showing like why he was considered to be a guy that could be an all-time great early on in his career. Well, it's funny because I asked in the Discord and I said, who does Jake Lee remind you of in regards of like, he's got a look, he's a tall, handsome mm-hmm. guy, he's a great worker, but he can't put it all together. And there were some varying answers, but I thought Go was a good comp in Actually, some ways, yeah. although there was some stuff out of Go's control too that also screwed him over. Just... I mean, I keep forgetting that Jake is still only like 33. Yeah. But did, I mean, to be fair, that was at a time where social media wasn't as big yet, so Go didn't really have the opportunity to like... Oh, maybe Go would have been going on Twitter and being like, I want to face, who would have been champion at the point? Yeah, so would have been... Tanahashi. Tanahashi, I want (laughs) to face Tanahashi. Still would have been Tanahashi, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um. But hey, I mean, Go actually did get uh, an IWGB title match. So, That's true. Go did like, like had some big Tokyo Dome matches. Yeah, and like and he he also had a match with uh, Togi Makabe for yeah. the IWGP title. So like he actually got into New Japan. He actually got a title match in New Japan. I don't think he's been in Jake the G1. Be... Has he not? Hmm? He's been in the G1. Yeah, Was he's he also in twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. He, he's yeah. been in G one as well. So yeah, no, yeah. I mean Go actually is doing the things that Jake wants to do. I don't think Jake actually will be in the G1 or no. get an get an IWG World title match either. No. Uh, well, if New Japan business crashes, uh, you never see. Yeah, I mean, if exactly if that actually because happens, then they'll then... go back to working with everyone more yeah. fairly. Yeah. And not like smothering them. Yeah, true. 
that was the, the only way they yeah. could get out of that. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's there's going to be issues for New Japan if they actually put Jake Lee in a, <laughs> in a G1. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and then we go to B Block. Kaido Kiyomiya defeats Katsuhiko Nakajima in 17 minutes and 45 seconds with the figure four leg lock. Um, now I'm sure you'll talk about issues you have with the main event. I thought this was pretty underwhelming for the talent involved. And I don't know if it's some visceral reaction, but I was not into Kaido doing the Mudo spots. I don't know. It was just like, oh, here it goes. Hmm. Eh. Figure four, leg lock. Okay, it's over. Very disappointing for the, from the match from these two, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Especially given the bangers that these two have had against each other. Like this was definitely one of my most anticipated matches of the entire tournament, and it was just, it was just okay. I don't think it was bad, but it was just also like I didn't really walk away afterwards, being like, "Oh, this was really good." Like I was just like, out of all of the matches that these two have had against each other, this was one of them. Like there was also just this weird lack of intensity for everything too. Like yeah. for the finish as well. Like I think Kaito really needs to just stop. Like. Actually, you know what actually was my biggest gripe of the match, and it actually kind of ruined the entire match for me? It was the spot where uh, when Nakajima choked out Kaito, and then he just let go for, like, no reason. Like, they were like... Because that spot was so weird, because there were so many times where it was like, okay, the ref just kind of has to call the match because Kaito has been, like, unresponsive and, like, unconscious for what feels like 30 seconds already, and the ref is still just, just like, oh, may, may, maybe he's coming back now. Oh, no, he's, his arm is still dropping. And then Nakajima just lets the choke go, and then Kaito rolls out of the ring. And I was like, that's just shit. Like, I just didn't get that spot at all. Like, it made no sense at all. And it just completely took me out of the flow of the match. Like, I don't think it was... I don't think it was, like, on a trajectory to be a great match before that either. But then afterwards, I was just, like just kept thinking back to that spot and just really bothered me. And what do you think of the Mudo stuff? The Mudo stuff, It yeah. feels too forced. It, it definitely feels too forced. Like, and it's still, like, I don't think he's still really good at, like, doing the figure four. And he really needs to stop just banging the mat when he's, in the, when he's applying the figure four because he just does it way too much. Yeah. So this was, to me, I mean, it wasn't a bad match, but definitely the biggest disappointment of yes, the tournament so far. Yes, very easily the biggest disappointment of the entire tournament. Like, it, one of the other, like, highly anticipated matches, like, really shits the bed. I'm going to be, like, say it's worse than this. But otherwise, in terms of matches, I was previously highly anticipating it's definitely been, it definitely was the worst one. Yeah. Um, and then in the main event... For block A, Masato Tanaka defeated Keno in 19 minutes and one seconds with a sliding D. Uh, sounds like we're going to have some disagreements. Mm -hmm. I love this. It was just ridiculous, and I liked it. Like, I really? wrote in my notes, like, is there too much no-selling in this? But them just kicking the crap out of each other was hilarious and awesome, I thought. I don't know. I, I thought that was just okay. And my thing for this one where, where I really hated about this match was the finish. I thought the finish was awful. I thought to finish because Keno misses his double foot stomp from the top rope, right? Mm -hmm. And then he just stands there and just looks at Tanaka while Tanaka slowly gets up and then hits the sliding, like hits the sliding D on Keno's leg to take him down and then hit the sliding D on him for the finish. But to me, that was just like, Ken like Keno just looked like such a goober because he just misses the double stomp and he just 
stands there and he just stares at Tanaka. And I'm not even blaming him for it. I'm blaming Tanaka for it. Because Tanaka just took such a long time to get up instead of just, I don't know, lunging for his knee right away to like get him down. Like he just made Keno look bad with that finish. Yeah. Like it just well. didn't be like, like the stuff before it was fine. Like it, it was kind of ridiculous. It was just kind of like, yeah, these two kind of just going to the toe, but just the finish just kind of really ruined it for me. I don't know. I didn't mind it. I guess um, I thought the, you know, sliding D to the leg and then the regular sliding D was kind of cool, but I, I could see, but I can see why someone would be a little lower on this match than me. Definitely. Uh, but Paul, is Masato Tanaka now the real world champion? Uh, because he beat Keno? Yes. He's also the 0-1 world champion, and Keno is the GAC champion. Ah, uh, true. So they need to have a unification match now, I guess. Well, yeah. Which will go to a 60-minute draw. Now, yeah. that might be a bit much for the... Now, Keno can go 60 minutes, but Tanaka... Tanaka, at this point, definitely cannot, no. Yeah. You would need to you would need to do some major, uh, like, bells and whistles to have Tanaka go... Six minutes. Yeah, that was maybe one of the other issues that I had with this match as well. That it, like I felt it went a little bit long. You could probably have shaved of like four minutes off of it, and I probably would have like a different finish and like maybe four minutes less, and I probably would have liked this match a lot more than I actually did. Okay, so that is the uh, after three nights. Um, there will be a show tomorrow, or by the time you're listening to this, that would have already happened. But just to go over the points, in depends how long eight. I need to, then I need for the editing. <laughs> <laughs> and for uh, Block A, uh, Keno, four points. Hideki Suzuki, four points. Masato Tanaka, four points. Go Shiozaki, four points. Kazuyuki Fujita, two points. Ahiro to Dr. Wagner Jr., two points. Anthony Green, two points. And Masaki Mochizuki, zero. Block B, Masakatsu Funaki, four. Takashi Sugera, four. Masakidamiya, four. Satoshi Kojima, four. Katsuhiko Nakajima, two. Jack Morris, two. Kaito Kiyomiya, two, and Kenya Okada, zero. Now, certainly, everyone in, in Okada still being zero is not surprising, but I guess Mochizuki being the other zero is a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Are these, like, standings right now, do they change your mind at all about who you think is going to the finals? No, because... Yeah, no, everything is still set up in... in sort of things that way you're going to have a lot of people like Keno's going to be in the mix till the end yeah obviously so is Fujita um who else in his block might be Keno well Hideki might given how many jobs he will probably yeah. end up doing in this tournament and then go I suspect will win yeah. and then in block B I got Funaki who will be there till the end Sugira probably till the end Kojima I think is winning and Nakajima yeah. I'm not sure if Nakajima will be there until the end, though. I could actually I see him do a bit of a... I mean, the thing is, are they going to do comeback stories with both Kaito and Nakajima? Kaito, yes. Nakajima, Yeah, I yeah no, know. because the block is very clearly coming down to... Because Kojima and Kaito have a match on the final night. Like, that's clearly yeah. what this block is coming down to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I was thinking, maybe where Nakajima might also do, like, a little bit of a comeback story is because with Kenya being at zero points, I think if he gets any points it's by beating nakajima on the final night to eliminate him that makes sense yep but if nakajima is not in the mix then i think kenya will just get zero points right okay yeah i i would agree with that so that is the end one victory and we'll do a real quick ddt wrestle peter pan 2022 uh, preview because we will review that show next week 
I have to admit, I have not been totally been keeping on top of DDT. I haven't watched the last Cork and Hall show. Yeah, same. So, I mean, uh, we, we, so we're just going to give our thoughts kind of on the so, match as we see them. And we're probably not going to get all of the storyline beats. So just no. that people are aware of that. So uh, first match, Yusuke Okada, Yuya Koroku, and Illusion versus Toi Kojima, Yuki Ishida, and Takashi Masada. Uh, Masada, I heard, debut and looks really good. I haven't seen him yet. But hey, it's uh, look who's back in the opener. <laughs> I know. We'll talk about another uh, Okada snub in a second. Actually, fun uh, fact, uh, or not fun fact, but actually maybe scenario. If Okada hadn't left, do you think he would have been in a Royal Road Tournament this year? Yes. Would he have been eliminated in the first round, though? That's Possibly. The question. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, think, I think actually at this point he probably would have been in a better position in All Japan than he is now in DDT, but it, I still don't think he actually still probably would have been be in a good champion. position. Yeah. Uh, three way Such a weird man. career. He's so talented. <laughs> yes, Such I a know. Waste. <laughs> uh, yes, I know. Can't even get a break. And his guy is like, has a, like if, if Akiyama told Sinshiro Takagi, Takagi, you need to push Yusuke Okada more, I would assume yeah. it would happen. Right? Yeah. Um, so a three way match, uh, pheromones, Yuki, Sexy Ino, Dan Shoko, Dandy Dino, and Koju Shining Ball Takeda. Versus Yuji Hino, Yuki Onai, and Super Sasadango Machine versus Toro Uwashi, Kazuki Harada, and Antonio Honda. That's a waste of Hino and Naya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's probably going to be some wacky stuff in this, but like, yeah, I don't know. On a uh, much higher note, special six man tag Naomi Yoshimura, Koto Yumeda, and Kaisuke Okuda versus Hiroshima, Yuko, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Hideki Okutani. Yeah, so Kuda back to DDT. Back to DDT. Yeah. Have, have I heard he's going to go back to MMA as well after leaving Dragon Gate? Yeah, I mean, if DDT allows him to just again. do jobs I'm sure they in would. MMA. Well, I mean, okay. Well, I mean, it's not like it's fake. It's just that he's a terrible fighter. That's what I mean by that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have next up the Shinichiro Kawamatsu debut match. And I do know the story to this. He's a member of the... Tokyo Metropolitan Assembly, which is like the city hall for all of Tokyo. Yep. And he's teaming with uh, Shinsiro Takagi and Soma Takao, who versus Osama Nishimura, who is a city councilor for like the Bunkyo, or is, is that how you say it? Uh, Bunkyo. Bunkyo Ward, which is the ward in central Tokyo where the Tokyo Dome is. Uh, and so it's teaming, you know, Nishimura is teaming with Makoto Oishi and Akito. So this will have a lot of comedy in it, I'm sure, too. Yeah. I think they're both from the same party as well, probably. I mean, it's everyone Japan. in Japan. It's all the LDP. LDP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, even it's like, and even I was reading like, independents are like, most independents are like backed by the LDP, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, I mean, fucking, um, uh, uh, what's his face? Otani uh, is in the LDP, which yeah. is like, I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't really seem we, like a natural fit, but I don't think the party actually has, like, it technically has ideology, but it's also just the ruling party of Japan, I think. It's, for people that don't know Japanese politics, that's basically just what this party is. Yeah, it's incredibly factionalized, too, yeah. right? It's like, so, yeah, it's not ideological. Uh, well, I guess nationalism to some extent. Yeah. Um, uh, Jun Aki special mixed tag match Jun Akiyama and Saki Akai versus Chris Brooks and Asuka this should be awesome I think yeah this actually should be a really good match I think that's about as good as like a intergender tag match as you can book to be honest 
Oh yeah, honestly, yes. Um, I'm well, actually really that, curious like, about the Akiyama and Akai team. Actually, that's actually really cool. Like, that's actually two really interesting people to put together. Yes, and Asuka now back in Japan after her American Nightmare. Oh, God, Jesus. Um, yeah, we're not gonna get so, into that one, but like, holy <laughs> shit, I'm so happy she made it out of there. Yeah. So the DDT Extreme title, because uh, he won it on the last show against Akito and an Ippon uh, Light Tube Deathmatch, which I heard was not as good as the other past <laughs> Ippon Light Tube Deathmatch. Joey Janela versus Shunma Katsumata. Uh, I'm not, I, I will completely admit there have been times where I've been high on Joey Janela, but I am not anymore. No. And, Same. um, Against Shunma, I don't know. It could be something okay, I guess. But yeah, whatever. definitely don't. Not have, looking forward to it. No, I don't have high expectations. Shunma for doesn't always deliver either, no. but I've seen them in, in good matches. They're kind of very um, similar in, in many ways, actually. <laughs> yeah, like a hardcore guy that shows some technically yeah, exactly. wrestling potential but never lives up to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also is maybe not the person that is like the most diligent in the gym either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Janelle's hanging around I'm pretty sure like yeah. he's got that Takagi seal of approval I mean it's not like they're he has anything GCW else to do in, in the US well yeah but, the, but they're also putting up G- GCW shows on Universe so you know like that means something yeah. right oh actually uh, well we can actually talk about it afterwards on like last because um, there's actually something I just remembered that I watched but we can talk about it at the end yeah. okay so for the DDT Universal title Masahiro Takanashi versus Yuki Yuano I think that will be good. That will deliver. Yeah, that has the potential to be the best match on the show. Well, the main I event is probably going to be that, but this yeah. one has like a this one to me also has a pretty high ceiling. I think Yuana wins. Mm. I don't have a really good feel for the story, but I yeah. think it's time. Yeah, I mean he has held that title before. He had an amazing yeah. reign with that title. So I don't oh, know. Yeah. To me it just feels like he's just kind of going in circles if he just wins this title again. True. Um, so I don't know. DDT 25th anniversary special six-man tag team match. Dick Togo, <laughs> Daisuke Sasaki, and Cannon with MJ Paul versus Konosuke Takeshida, Mao, and Yasu Yurano for some reason. Yeah, that's like literally random. It's like you just read this match um, and it's like, well, and Yasu Yurano. Yurano okay. used to be around DDT a lot. But and, still, um, like that's still and like Togo random. Togo too, right? But it's, yeah. <laughs> Togo, well, I've never seen, seen stuff with Togo, but yeah. I, I mean, Togo know. was kind of a relatively big part of DDT. Like, he yeah. had an amazing KOD title match uh, with, um, with um, uh, God, why, why am I blanking on his name now? Um, with, wait, he's on this show, isn't he? Yeah, with Honda. <laughs> oh, really? If you've never seen that, yeah, it's actually, yeah, it. it's, uh, might have, well, hopefully maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I might have just oh, spoiled I, I, I've stuff I might do for... As a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I might have just but, spoiled maybe, and hopefully people will forget that in six months, but this might turn up in the uh, VOW Secret Center this year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, well, you got Takeshita and Cannon. Like, basically, I feel like... Well, I guess Dick Togo will probably work harder here than he does in the New Japan undercards. I would assume but so, I guess yeah. it's 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 a really of a question of how much he can still go. Otherwise, yeah. it'll be Cannon basically carrying his yeah. team. I mean, it de- really depends if we get House of Torture Dick Togo or if we get DDT Dick Togo. Yeah. So that one's up in the air, I think. And your main event for the KOD Openweight title, Kazusato Higuchi makes his first defense of it against former champion Tetsuya Endo. Paul, 
I uh, originally thought after watching uh, Higuchi, the show where Higuchi wins the title and they're doing all that fanfare that Higuchi was a shoo-in. But I'm seeing more and more people thinking Endo's going to win this in recent days. Yeah. What do you think? I'm I, still leaning Higuchi. I'm kind of 50-50. I could, really see, I could really see this match go either way. I just feel like it sabotages Higuchi after the amount of fanfare that they made for him. It, right, because look at the look. It's a it's a geek move because it reminds me of Jake Lee finally yeah. beating Kento for the triple crown and then losing it right away. I mean, it depends what their original plans were because I mean, obviously their original plans got derailed by Endo managing to get himself knocked the fuck out. Um, so I mean, if their original plan was always to have Figuchi win the title here, then obviously he's going to beat Endo. But. Maybe if the, their plan was to have this match at the show and for Endo to just beat Higuchi, then I think Endo is still going to beat Higuchi. Like, it's basically, I think, their plans got derailed, but I actually have a feeling that this was always their plan, this to be the main event of the show. It's just, the question is, what was their plan originally? And now it's just basically, they're going to go back to what they wanted to do originally. And if their plan always was for Higuchi to win here, then he's going to defend the title. Whereas if their plan was always to give Endo a really long title reign, then Endo is going to win the title back here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like, it, I guess it comes down to the booking proclivities, right? Because we know, like, Tony Khan will create interim titles because he doesn't want to, to veer from his plan. But I don't know. I feel like Takagi might be a little more flexible. Yeah, I mean, so. it, but it's definitely going to be a great match, I would say. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now, I'm still leaning towards uh, Higuchi for those reasons anyway. And so that's the show. Just a quick note, and Paul, we'll talk about what you watch in a second. On the show, Aki, on the last Korok, and Akiyama announced his 30th anniversary match, which will be Jun Akiyama, Tetsuya Endo, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru versus Konosuke Takeshida, Yuji Nagata, and Shun Makatsumada. What do you think of that match, Paul? I mean, it seems like a pretty good match overall, but I feel like you have a very specific comment about this match. Well, yes. No Okada. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he really is like the unloved son in a way. He has called up his old grimy friend. Oh, I love Kanemaru, but still, yeah. it's sort of interesting. Like, you could, like, why not put, is, is New Japan really going to get that upset if you have Nagata and Kanemaru team together instead of Shunma? I don't know. But I mean, then who takes the fall? Because yeah. I think Shunma's taking the fall. Well, is he though? Well, okay, he's probably not gonna win against Janela. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is as well. I mean, he could have also made it an eight-man tag as well, but yep. it definitely feels like June called up his old grimy friend, and also he would rather team with his fancy new like main eventer son rather than his uh, old uh, than his older dojo boy, older dojo boy that is still on the undercards. Yeah. So, oh, and I guess one other little thing. With this match now announced, do you think that increases any chances of Akiyama at the Budokan? Do you think? But wouldn't they maybe have already announced it? Well, I think there might be more announcements coming on the 20th. True. I mean, it would definitely make 100%. Like, I think it would make all the sense in the world to have a 50th anniversary uh, with June Akiyama on it. Because really, from that generation, like, like, he is a major part of all Japan history. Mm -hmm. Like, for, like, multiple reasons. Like, it's A, for yeah. his, like, super rookie run in the 90s, but then also for, like, him coming in and, say, like, not, not essentially, but, like, literally saving the promotion. 
Yeah. Like he literally prevented all Japan from going out of business. Yeah. So it would be very weird if he wasn't on the 50th anniversary show. Like even if he doesn't really want anything to do with the promotion right now, I think he should just be there just for like history. Just sake. take the payday, man. Yeah, exactly. But plus you could like, Yuji's going over to Budokan after the show. Yeah. Taking the subway over so you can uh, ride with Yuji over to the Budokan. Yeah. No, so I, I think, like, he should be there. Even if he doesn't wrestle, like, even if it's just, like, in appearance, like, he stand there with, like, with Shake Kanto's hand and, after yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Like, you just stand there with, like, you're in the ring with Kavada and Kobashi and, like, a picture of Masawa or whatever as, like, Kento mm-hmm. gets the belt put around him after the main event. And, yeah, just, like, that's... He should definitely be there at the very least, even if he doesn't have a match. But I think he should have yeah. a match as well. Yes, ideally. Yeah. I so and I and I expect more matches to be announced or more things maybe participants in, to be announced on the All Japan show on the twentieth because we are by then it will be just under a month, so you have to have I think everything laid out yeah. after that show. Yeah. All right, Paul. So what if you, you really want to sell the tickets? Yeah. Yeah. What? So what do you watch? Uh, it's just real brief because on Wrestle Universe they uploaded a junior title match between Hayata and Ridgeway from uh, in the UK. Oh yes, that's right. And Wrestle Carnival. Um, well, I mean, as expected, it is a Hayata match. <laughs> so I don't think it's really like something you need to go out of your way of. Uh, Ridgeway was pretty good in it, as expected. Like Ridgeway, like really did well. Like did a lot of technical stuff on the mat. I think Hayata actually kept up relatively well with Ridge Ray in this match. But, like, overall, it was still just kind of a Hayata match. And to me, the finish also just came, like, a bit out of nowhere. Surprise, uh, surprise. Hayata, yeah, Hayata just hits the headache out of nowhere and just wins the match. One thing that was noticeable from... that I really, like, noticed watching this match is, like, at times I had a feeling it was actually not a show in the UK. It was actually a show in Japan because mm-hmm. it felt like a clap crowd, basically. Oh, really? I was going to ask, yeah. how are, the, are the British shaming themselves further by loving Hayata or no? No, uh, but they also shamed themselves further by not loving Rich Ray. <laughs> 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 and I actually talked to Neil David from the Eurograps Express. Uh, really good show to listen to if you have any kind of interest in European wrestling. Even if you don't care about British wrestling, he also talks about wrestling from uh, Germany. Uh, so... Real world of listen, but he also said that, yeah, no, Rich Ray isn't really over in the UK, like almost anywhere, really. So, if I was him, I would really like. But he's worked Noah. all the big places, like Rev Pro and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, and he was champion in progress. And uh, actually, yeah, I'm just gonna quote Neil here, where he said that uh, Rich Ray was such a weird choice as progress champion because progress fans don't like wrestling. <laughs> so uh, I think that really sums it up really well. And if I was Rich Ray, I would I might want to look into like really pushing Noah into like just Mo- moving to Japan. Yeah, exactly. Just be there permanently. Yeah, like, I think, I think he could do the Zack Saber thing and just yeah. be there full time for and sure. And just stay there. And I mean, that's what all the smart British wrestlers do, right? Yeah. Well, to escape the British scene. <laughs> yeah, to escape the British scene exactly. So. Uh, uh, I hope he he might do that soon because yeah, in this match I was kind of felt yeah, they just kind of did some polite clapping for most of the match. Okay, yeah. So I, ha- I I know that's up on Universe, but I haven't gotten a ch- chance to check it out. Maybe I will if I do have some time. It doesn't sound it sound. I really like Ridgeway, so yeah. I mean, like I said, you do some good like Ridgeway technical wrestling on there, and like like I said, High Attack kept up with him relatively well. But again, it's nothing you need to go out of your way. Like if you have some time, it's like a quick, easy in and out, but. 
because it's literally only that match went up on Wrestle Universe. Yeah. All right. So that's it. I think we have a lot of excitement going on building to the end of the Royal Road Tournament and the N1, which I think is off to a pretty good start, all things considered. So we are going to be back next week talking about the results of the Royal Road Tournament and then probably have even more stuff to talk about, about what's going to happen at the 50th anniversary Budokan. And I'm sure we'll have some more shocking results in the end (laughs) one to talk about. So for Paul Vosch, I'm Gerard Dutrell, and we will talk to you next week. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.